Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. Elementary, my dear Watson. What's in the box? Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. But why male models? Why so serious? I am serious. Now don't call me sure. Well, nobody's perfect. Go ahead. Make my day. everybody to pop culture i am scott i'm jason and i'm monica coming to you once again from our own homes and not the studio (laughs) (laughs) today we're going to be talking to you about a little independent movie made by disney for 200 million dollars that probably should have come out like i don't know six years ago Black Widow. Marvel's (laughs) first badass chick gets her own movie. Woo! (laughs) I'm not celebrating as much, I guess, but yes. (laughs) Um, It's an interesting choice from my point of view because I haven't found Black Widow that interesting prior as a character within that whole universe. Um, Maybe it's just me. You can correct me if you want. Or... No, 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 it's no. a matter of correcting you. I, I, yeah. I, I always liked the character. and I, I think I always wanted this movie. It just feels like too little, too late, I guess. I mean, yeah. I liked the movie. I There was some stuff in it that isn't great, but I liked the movie. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it certainly expanded the character for me to the point where it was a bit more likeable um, and relatable, it's particularly that whole family uh, background and almost, well, fabricated family, we should say, uh, background that and experiences that she had. So it, it was a good film. I enjoyed it. I don't feel like I wasted my time watching it, that's for sure. Yeah, I felt it was, um, I'm a bit 50-50 on it. I liked elements of it, um, but like Scott said, I felt it was a little bit too little too late. Um, everybody knows what happens to Black Widow in Avengers Endgame, so I felt there was a real lack of stakes in it for the character, and it was just more of, I guess, um, a little bit of fan service and understanding her backstory a little bit more, which also means you need to have seen all the preceding Avengers movies or Captain America films, but that's just me. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think the my biggest issue with the movie was the villain problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. just, you mean discount Winter Soldier? <laughs> Look, like, well, this is the thing, like, like, and this is where the internet is like, and having their big nerd meltdown because us master... Spoiler alert, everybody. Turns out to be a woman. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> and why is that a problem? Because Taskmaster was a man. Oh, okay. I, I think it's <laughs> comic book incel nerds just having right. a whinge. <laughs> That's yeah, exactly. Okay. Just get over it. <laughs> it was a character that I think it's one. I think it's weird. It's like it's one of those characters like I never taskmaster at all i don't think there are many people who really cared about that character but now that he's in a movie it's like i've loved him for years he was always my favorite and they ruined him <laughs> Not even... he just had to be a man named tony masters and they would have been fine but they made him a woman but it makes sense for the story to have it be um a female antagonist um i guess should we do a, um some spoilers for this <laughs> I've already ruined the, like, biggest twist, so... Well, I guess more specifically, it's not just any female. It's Dracov's daughter that was heavily alluded to that um, in the first Avengers film that Black Widow had um, disposed of. And yes. you know, that she was a young child and um, obviously the character is carrying a lot of guilt associated with that as her defection from the Red Room over into S.H.I.E.L.D. So it makes sense from a narrative standpoint but I remember watching the reveal, like you could see it coming from a mile away and I could not help but think of X-Men 2 <laughs> with Stryker and his son being the one to sort of like be the mind reader that manipulates all the mutants using Cerebro. Yeah, all right, yeah. That's just, that's just where it took me, even to the look of the villain when they removed the mask. Yeah, Olga Krelenko in heavy makeup. Although, yeah. Glove one glassy eye. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I I didn't find the I mean the Ray Winston character other than being just gross, creepy, and sinister. Nothing about him was sort of you know hit me anyway. I didn't give a shit about him. <laughs> I felt in a strange way it was a little bit of um, an allegory to Harvey Weinstein and the manipulation and taking away of agency of women. <laughs> Um, I don't know if that's me reading into it a little bit too much, but just a slimy man who's the head of an organisation who takes these vulnerable women and weaponizes them or makes them famous and, you know, just does whatever he wants with them and they're disposable. Wow. I can yep. see that, yeah. Well, I mean, he, he certainly <laughs> looks like him. <laughs> he, he does, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, look, it's probably a bit of a reach yeah. on my part, but I just couldn't help but also think about that as well. And also Scarlett Johansson herself being a, a, someone who is wanting to be behind the Me Too movement um, in her own way. So I just felt it was a little bit of a push in that direction. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's I guess, an attempt to make it something deeper given the situation that we're in, given that we only have this female character. And then we, we they really shoved in the mm. child trafficking and all this stuff, like, right in your face, right at the start of the movie. Yeah, exactly right. So I just, mm. it just um, sex wasn't the objective. It was uh, mayhem and murder. 
Yeah, exactly right. And I guess the sex part's taken out of it completely with um, all of them becoming um, sterilised against their will. The scene where Florence Pugh talks about her involuntary hysterectomy to the Red Guardian was really freaking awkward. And then they turned that into a comedic moment which did not gel at all. I found some of the comedy was a little bit too much in this movie. I feel like it might have been an attempt to kind of brush past the way uh, it was handled in Age of Ultron. Yeah, I can't help but feel that it's just mismanaging it in a similar way instead of trying to sort of tackle it head on in Age of Ultron but then also deflect with humour in this film. I just don't think it does it any kind of surface either way. Yeah. But that's just uh, me. <laughs> well, you mentioned the uh, main thing that I got from this and that was Florence Pugh. Once again, we, you get a side character upstaging the main character. I uh, yeah, I, I love Florence Pugh as Yelena. She's the pocket queen, giver of zero shits, just <laughs> yearning for a family and being a badass. I love her. Oh, she just was even, fantastic. Just even the sort of uh, poser comments of you know having to pull that pose when you land on action pose and <laughs> rubbishing it, and then. It all it sort of had this idea that it was anti-trained uh, killers being idols for girls and uh, had this aspect going through it where she was really sort of undoing this glorification of what Black Widow is. And it was interesting for me because my daughter really loves Black Widow because it is one of the few female characters in uh, the Marvel Universe that she can sort of relate to in any way. And um, it was nice seeing it sort of get undone a little bit for what it is and what it actually presents to them as an idol or um, personality of a superhero. So it was uh, quite interesting to see it get undone. I, I actually enjoyed that aspect to it. I did too. And to me it also was very much, you know, a, a younger sister who does look up to her older sister and doesn't want to admit it, but she does it in a way that's sort of like shitting on the things that her older <laughs> yeah, sister does. Yeah, it's like back backhanded sort of compliments and things. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I mean, Sibling shit. I think I said it uh, in our last episode where it was very much, I think, uh, a vehicle for her character to be the new... I know, blonde widow, whatever you want to call it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she's yeah. going to, like, even the post credit scene is obviously setting up her role in what's coming next. Yes. Yeah, that's true, actually. And I'm, I'm glad, like, she smashed it. I mean, she's a phenomenal actress. Like, in Midsummer, she was it was amazing. Like, she's a yeah. absolutely amazingly talented um, actor. But, yeah, I, I, I thought she was the best part of the movie besides David Harbour. <laughs> David Harbour was really, really good in it. Um, yeah, just this, I, I would love to learn how to say farewell douchebags in Russian personally. Um, <laughs> just a man who's looking for his glory days. I I guess the thing that I liked the most about this movie, it was always um, trying to sort of come back to the theme of family. And while they weren't necessarily a traditional family they were you know a made-up russian sleeper family you everyone still has a role to play like the red guardian is someone who is looking back into his glory days and deflects with a lot of humor and isn't as helpful as he thinks he is um you know the black widow is um aloof and standoffish um florence Pugh just wants to you know be involved and she pits all the adults against one another and then you have 
Rachel Wise's character who's just fed up with it because she has to do everything. <laughs> <laughs> like many mothers. <laughs> like many mothers, yeah. I just, I thought it was, if anything, not necessarily a superhero, but a dysfunctional family movie. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely becomes that. And uh, Rachel Weiss was really good as well, I have to put in there, because yeah. uh, she didn't seem to come across as her normal self, as you see her in our previous films. Um, and going back to that sort of uh, your opposer comment at, directed at Black Widow, it's actually how I've seen a lot of Scarlett Johansson's acting in the past when you go back to things like The Island and mm. so on, which... I have to say she's improved over time. Like she has started doing meatier things and uh, a little more expressive, but it she just doesn't quite hold the same gravitas as those other three actors in that family. It's sort of weird seeing them have less screen time but more impact. Yeah, that's exactly right. I don't necessarily rate Scarlett Johansson as a very gifted actress. I think if she's with a really good director, they can pull out a really good performance from her. Um, but I, I agree with you, Jason. I think the other three um, characters you meet in the film are way more interesting and way more compelling and they are much stronger performances overall. Oh, absolutely. It, 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 it was sort of one of the drawbacks of it is every time they were on, when they weren't on screen, I was like, can they come back now? Because, <laughs> yeah, like how much more could like Florence, his little meltdown that she has was amazing, and then yeah. like the, the the bad dad attempt to like cheer her up was like one of my favorite bits in the movie. Mm, yeah, um, and also having a look at um, Rachel Wise's character as well, who is you know I guess the brains of the operation. She is the one who devises the plan to infiltrate the Red Room with Black Widow um, in the third act of the movie as well. She, without her, I don't think the team would have succeeded. No, there's no way. <laughs> Um, Action-wise, I mean, the film looks very impressive, as does every other Marvel movie. Uh, the fight scenes, the fight scene between um, Black Widow and um, her little sister was very Bourne-esque, and uh, I actually really enjoyed that one. It was like, I like when it feels real. Mm. Oh, yeah. I thought it was quite good as well. I usually struggle with um, action scenes in Marvel movies because there's just so many edits and cuts that you can't get an idea of the rest of the scene and what's happening in terms of scope and it's for me it's quite disorientating and um when i guess the be the best example of this is when you finally see taskmaster about to go up against the red guardian you almost see none of it <laughs> yeah, cut away. you cut away completely from what could have been one of the most interesting and comedic fights in the mcu and you don't get that. <laughs> yeah, just like it, it feels like there may have been something there and they've cut it out for time. Like, because there's a, like, cuts back and he's got the shield. It's like, oh, it's like Captain America, but, you know, yeah. budget Captain America. <laughs> budget Captain America. <laughs> Poor Alexi. <laughs> yeah, the other thing that I think made it, I don't know, a little bit tiresome for me is there was, again, a whole world 
in danger type scenario in the end. It's sort of like he had control around the world, mm. which I just found it was stretching it beyond what it needed to do. It, trying to give it more of an epic nature feel, where I, I don't, yeah. I don't have that background to understand the Red Room a great deal, and I'm there just sort of feeling like that slapped on as a casual observer. It felt like it was very much riding on the coattails of Winter Soldier, that kind of like bigger than our hidden government agents plot stuff. That yeah, and 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 I think I'm just tired of the stakes always being so high. Yeah, it just feels ridiculous after a while. It's sort of like, you know, we just had Thanos, like, I don't care. (laughs) I think as well it presents a bit of a continuity issue as well. You have all of these badass Black Widows all around the world. Why weren't they in Infinity War or Endgame to come and, you know, give a hand? Because we forgot to make this movie earlier, all right? I, I I I, I know it's very nitpicky, but, you know, I just feel that you have all this um, increasing force that could have been useful further down the track for the other films. And that's not necessarily this film's fault, but I do think it presents a lack of foresight and planning on part for the Marvel Cinematic Universe producers who, you know, have everything on a very tight leash. Yeah, it feels like this just should, it should have happened. It should, this should have been the first movie after Civil War. How great would that have been? Oh, that would have been amazing. I would have been way more invested in all of it. And, you know, they could have integrated a character like Yelena, who is so interesting and so compelling, into those other movies. Could you imagine her being in something like, um, I guess, in Infinity War or popping up in an yeah. Ant-Man movie? It would have been great. Like how, how much better would have, I guess, the end of Infinity War been if, like, for her character to lose her sibling that she just got back? And yeah. then, and then for you know her to die in Endgame, how would that have affected Elena's story? I don't know. It's just like this stuff that could have been really cool, and it was like just a misstep. Yeah, and I feel um, had Black Widow died and having that um, Yelena involved with it from the get go as well, it would have motivated her at the end in the post credit scene where Valentino gives her Hawkeye's um, photo as her next target. Yeah, I just feel that yeah, he was with her. He's responsible. I'm going to get him. It would just feel like more of a more personal vendetta, just a little bit more emotionally charged. So I'm going to assume that she's the villain. Villain, I say in air quotes for uh, the Hawkeye show. Is anyone going to watch that though? <laughs> Sorry, well, I'm Hawk- not a Hawkeye. Hawkeye's, Hawkeye's like <laughs> my favourite. So. Oh, really? I am not it's a like fan. Hawkeye, Spider Man. <laughs> And Captain America kind of in there as my three favourites. So. Okay. <laughs> they haven't really done Hawkeye completely justice, though, so. No. No, that's true. But whatever. Yeah. Um, I guess another thing I wanted to talk about for this movie as well, I we have a group chat going um, when we do all of our planning for the podcast, and I was mentioning how outraged I was with um, the premiere access to watch this movie. Um <laughs> Which, which I have to say, it does actually sully my experience of it a little bit. You know, you're. I was thinking, I'm like, is she going to go into this with that light? <laughs> just, just a little bit. Because you were mad. I mean, I got out of it all right because I, I, I politely <laughs> used someone else's Disney Plus and they paid for it, so I was completely not financially impacted by trying to watch this movie at all. Oh, look, it's not about to break the bank or anything like that, but um, it was. Th- 
an extra, what was it, $35 on top of your Disney Plus On top of a subscription you're already paying, which already just got more expensive because of stars. Exactly right. And also it's more expensive than um, a cinema ticket, um, which is, what, $20 thereabouts? So I just feel I was a little bit... I think bit... they're trying to rationalise it as like, yeah, if you've got a house for four people, like if Jason was to take his whole family to see this movie at the cinema... Yeah. Mm. It, it would certainly cheaper for me. Works, yeah, yeah I, I can understand it if you've got more than um, one person watching the film with you, like a family for I think that's perfectly reasonable. But it does, it does suck in your situation, I understand that. Not, not so much in my situation. I just feel that it's a bit rich for people who subscribe to this kind of service to have to fork out a little bit more for this. So I'm guessing you don't want to saw to watch uh, Jungle Cruise in a couple of weeks. <laughs> oh God, who, who's in it? <laughs> uh, Dwayne, Emily Blunt, James uh, Dwayne Johnson, James Johnson, <laughs> James Johnson, Dwayne Johnson. I love Emily Blunt, but yeah, oh God, The Rock. It looks Jesus. like um, I'm pretty sure it's it like looks, a Disney. Is that the one that's the African queen? Uh, yeah. <laughs> It mixed, looks like a rip of the mixed, queen. Yeah, mixed with Indiana Jones and a few other things here. I oh, think it's Christ. a Disney theme park ride. Of course it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, be prepared for that one. Yeah, it could I'm be not, fun. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying we have to, but I feel like... Ah, uh, we have to. Ex- <laughs> no, 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 we have to. That's okay. It's, your experience just, might be sullied. No, I just I just wanted to mention that as well for other people who might be, I guess, um, umming and ahhing about seeing this movie. Um, it might be something that's just worth waiting until it's, you know, on the regular subscription in October. But that's just how I feel personally with my... Not to mention like, the, the Blu-ray of it's going to be cheaper when it drops in, like, three months. Yeah, that's exactly it. So I guess just um, from a price point, I didn't feel it was um, something that I was going to love enough to sort of, you know pay that kind of cash for, you know? It's like when you go to the cinema as well, oh, God, was it worth the movie ticket? No, nah, not really. You know, I kind of regret it. You know, a bit of bias. At least, at least you get the experience when you go to the movies. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. It, it's uh, Monica's rating here. Was it worth the price of the movie ticket? <laughs> I think that's a really good way to look at it. <laughs> On a scale of $1 to $35. <laughs> On a scale of $1 to $35, which are like cheap seats for, you know, a play as well. <laughs> it's a solid fifteen fifty. Oh look, I wouldn't have um, complained about you know for a regular cinema ticket. That would have been okay, you know. It's like, oh yeah, I saw it at the movies. I had a good time. You know, it was nice to watch it on a big screen. But at home, I I personally feel no. Fair enough. I I, I actually really enjoyed it. Like it was, I'm a comic book nerd though, and it, thankfully it wasn't as bad as some of the other bad Marvel movies that we've had and just generally bad superhero movies that we've had. So um, yeah. I, li- I liked kind of the more of the, you know, that kind of back to Winter Soldier kind of espionage superhero movies. So it was in the flavor that I liked. I liked the action scenes. I didn't find them too jarring compared to, once again, other action movies out there. I think Marvel do a better job with their action than other action franchises. Sure. I know I'm not going to see Fast and Furious 9 anytime soon, so... No, please, no. <laughs> I was going to be like, is that what we're going to talk about next week? No. No. <laughs> there we go. Even we have limits. So, yes. 
Uh, Black Widow. I liked it. It's problematic, it was okay. but I liked it. I think it's definitely if you're the fans of that whole universe, you're, you're going to want to watch it and you'll probably enjoy it. Um, it's it's not bad. I, I have to say I enjoyed it enough to sort of go, I'd probably watch it again when Ellie, my daughter, decides to watch it again. Um, but, yeah, the price, even though we had four people watching it, still sort of was a bit of a bitter pill to swallow. Um, but that's me not coming from that full fandom, I think. Yeah, I'm sort of on the fence about it. There were elements that I liked, but um, overall, I don't think I'd watch it again. If I want to, if I'm going to see a good Black Widow movie, I'll just pop in Captain America: Winter Soldier instead. <laughs> I think, I think, uh, even if I mean, I know we're kind of wrapping up and stuff, but back to that kind of price point thing. If Disney had you the option, right? If you're 35 bucks, if you want to watch it as many times as you want, or like five bucks to rent it to watch for a night. I think the renting option would have been much better. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe there's not that Disney is going to listen to us, <laughs> dirty peasants. But I'm just saying, maybe, maybe as an option, the way iTunes offers you that five ninety nine rent, or you know, or like you no know, thirty bucks if you want to own it with special features and stuff like that. That's cool. So maybe that's the middle mm. ground we need to strike here with this weird subscription service, extra content. Well, it's a bit more to it than that, I feel, um, you know, because it's not just Disney that some people subscribe to. Some people have multiple subscriptions for multiple services as well, just with the overflow of entertainment that we have. So something's got to give, really, and um, I feel that Mickey Mouse is going to come over and break my legs later for saying it. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, you like bins, do you? Who's <laughs> <laughs> Stan? <laughs> <laughs> you killed Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. That's all right. I'll be okay. All right. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of Pop Culture. I have been Scott. I'm still Jason. And I'm still Monica. Load up on guns and bring your friends. It's fun pop culture is produced by and recorded by jason eddie monica porto and scott Souter. the clip for this week's show was the trailer for black widow and the song at the end was the malia j cover of smells like teen spirit from the black widow soundtrack if you're enjoying the show please i invite you to jump onto apple Podcasts and leave us a review it helps us expand the show and reach new listeners and if you'd like to join us on social media, we're available at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash popculturepod or on Twitter at popcultureau. Here we are.